Today is Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Happy Thanksgiving Eve. Today we talk about the Evangelical Theological Society electing the first woman president. Does that matter? I don't know. Let's talk about it. Good, bad, and different. Then we talk about Thanksgiving in America and all the right ways to have Thanksgiving and all the uh, all the food we can stuff inside turkeys. Um, <laughs> then we talk about intercession of the saints and issues with Catholicism. We get into the glories of Mary book. So for people who say it's not worship, it's just veneration, man, if you read some of the glories of Mary, glories of Mary book, sounds kind of like worship. Um, anyway, there will be excerpts from these books. This book read, so judge for yourself, or just go pick the thing up. Um, I think it's free online. Maybe yeah, it's probably free online. Anyways, um, yeah. So we talk about a lot of Catholicism and humbly and gently try to explain to someone I later found out was Catholic. I just thought they were sympathetic toward Catholics. Um, some of the problems that uh, you know. Roman Catholics have um, with not Roman Catholics and vice versa. Anyways, join us for Catholic versus Protestant. No one yells, no one screams. It gets a little tense at times, but it's all good. It's all gravy, like we're going to put on our Thanksgiving turkeys tomorrow. Anyway, until then, check out the Ask a Christian po- uh, This is a podcast. Book, book, read the book on Amazon over the holiday and uh, learn how to have civil conversations with people who are not always so civil. Check that out on Amazon, free to read with Kindle Unlimited subscription. Also, check out the store, the Ask a Christian Merchandise Store. Grab a t-shirt. We even have doggy shirts, coffee cup, mouse pad, whatever. Support this podcast. Having uh, discipleship discussions and sharing the gospel with people on the gospel with people on the internet. Share these links and have a happy Turkey Day tomorrow. See you then. The what did what? So there's there's a organization that's been around for about 75 years called the Evangelical Theology Society. And basically it just is a collection of theologians that you know talk about theology and publish papers and have a website and they used to have journals and things like that but they elected their first lady president so based on what i know of your theological views um it doesn't sound like this would be a pastoral role uh therefore the only reason you would perhaps have a problem with specifically a female president is uh, you like the patriarchy, <laughs> or she's great and it's fine. No, so this helps shape like where seminaries go and you know theology and the nature of the feminine is to be relational, as we know. Um, but uh, theology is confrontational rather than relational. There's, you know, dividing lines that have to be drawn. And so that's why you throw liberals out of things like the Evangelical Theology Society. Like, you know, sorry, you can't participate. You're not a Christian. Um, so that so type of separation. We, hmm? Is this how we talked? Like, uh, like there are exceptions, but this could be the rule. So like if it's like a Joan of Arc, maybe, or like a Catherine the Great, I mean, minus the horse thing. Um like, like someone who ruled kind of like an iron fist, logic, iron will, not so touchy-feely, but happens to be a chick, or just, no, don't take that chance. Just don't take that chance. Because, but it would be the I same mean, with a dude, too, right? If you find a guy that's like, let's oh, talk yeah. about our feelings, bros. Be like, no, get out. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just that it's like, it's just in terms of our nature, you know? Like the female nature is going to be 
one of uh, relation and peacemaking and men like, you know, war and, you know, drawing lines. It's just who we are. It's like the, it's like the, uh, the thing you sent me this morning. <laughs> you know who I got that from? <laughs> no idea. Steph. Nice. <laughs> What's up, everyone else? What's up, Samuel, Matt, Felix, Fang? Are you going to be around tomorrow? Like, my Thanksgiving festivities don't start until way later, so I don't I... think you do in the morning. So I have to wake up at I have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning and start cooking my turkey because my family likes to do Thanksgiving lunch at noon. That's how people should do it. Really? Because like if you cook a turkey, it takes like five hours. So now like I got to get a turkey in the oven at like seven o'clock in the morning. Well, that's why you have the lady folk get up and do it. So, hmm. I mean, if you're going patriarchy, go hard. It, there's also wanting things done right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was thinking that too. But still, I mean, you know, I remember as a child, right? Uh, so, you know, no, not really any responsibility. You know, every Thanksgiving would go to both sets, uh, you know, would go to both uh, grandparents or whatever, and everyone had family. So, you know, would wake up, would drive, would get there around like, I don't know, 10 or so, and, um, Everyone was already there. We we're always the last ones to arrive. Like, you know, all the uh, all the parents and the grandma, uh, you know, like all, all the moms and grandmas were in the kitchen. Apparently, they've been there for some time, um, you know, doing desserts, doing uh, pies, like cooking noodles, turkeys, all that stuff. So um, that was normal for me. And, uh, you know, about about noon, everyone would sit down and would have Thanksgiving dinner. And, uh, you know, then everyone would get fat, watch Star Wars and football and whatever. And uh, then would, would just hang out and the kids would play at about four or five o'clock at night, everyone would go back and get leftovers and have a little dinner and then take off. That's uh, so, how it should be done in America. <laughs> interesting thing. Uh, apparently they did a recent study talking, uh, surveying people asking what their favorite to least favorite meals were for Thanksgiving. And cranberry had the least. It was the least favorite thing. Um, but sec- I don't like it. Second to that was actually the turkey. Um, I thought that was pretty surprising because that's the main piece, but it turns out green bean casserole. Oh, <laughs> green bean casserole scores higher than the turkey, um, and people actually prefer ham in terms of flavor. But that's kind of accounting for the um, the fact that people tend to not know how to properly make the turkey, where it comes out really dry and not really flavored. It's pretty bland because it's it's got little fat and. Uh, it's it's a more neutral base flavor relative to ham because ham is soaked in salt in the brine and all that stuff. But that that yeah. makes sense. Like I I am a sucker for green bean casserole. I love it. And the, <laughs> the, the, the ham I, I definitely pick the ham over the turkey. But some exceptions if uh, if you've got um, you know like the turkey slices and you cover it in like that um, it's kind of like a yellowish gravy. I don't know if that's a family right. thing, but. You know, it's like a yellow kind of gravy. If you cover it with uh-huh. that, it's really good. And then my favorite meal of Thanksgiving was the scraps and leftovers at night. Because then you would get that turkey that was dry. And you would make a turkey sandwich out of it. And you would just slather it in mayo. So it was no longer dry. Yeah. <laughs> like leftover <laughs> cold turkey sandwiches were the best. <laughs> but they did say most definitely 
turkey is a lot healthier than ham. So, see the thing here's maybe that's not the case if you cook a turkey properly because the way I cook my turkeys <laughs> is that I bathe them in kosher salt. Um, literally, it just gets kosher salt. I then. <laughs> take a knife and I separate the skin from the meat and then I cut slices into the skin and then I put slices of butter underneath the skin between the skin oh, wow. and the meat. You're like, you're and, not going to be dry. <laughs> nope. And so then <laughs> I take an entire stick of butter and I use that to baste the turkey over the course of the, the, uh, cook. So every 45 minutes, the turkey comes out of the oven um, and gets basted and then gets rubbed with more butter. So my turkeys are not dry well, and they are not, not salty. Your Christmas list, um, I would put a new heart. Not not like the spiritual kind, you've, you've got that, but like the, the physical kind because, uh, you know, arteries, bro. But I, I thought you were going to say you like stuff it with a ham and make like a turhaman or something. Now you're giving me ideas. Um Stuff yeah, I do, I do use stuffing, <laughs> right? A turducken. Um, but, yeah, you're giving me ideas because now, well, so, like, the way I make my stuffing is I use cube, cubed stale bread. Um, yeah. a, again, a stick of butter. Um, a um, You chop coarsely uh, celery and onion. You throw it in there. Um one egg and then you beat that into the stuffing and then i add um, a tablespoon of cayenne pepper into the stuffing and that takes the bready you know fatty stuffing to a whole nother level and it's really good <laughs> are you guys a um sweet potato or pumpkin pie person I don't like pumpkin pie. I'm I'm actually making uh, sweet potatoes with like the marshmallows melted on top of oh, okay. the brown sugar. Right. Yeah. yeah, I like either one. I grew up in a neighborhood where we had sweet potato pies. But you could go um, Jewish and make a tabrisca fill. Oh, there you go. I've never I've never heard or seen that. I don't know if it's actually real, but in in theory, it could work. What's up, John? Matt Yester. That yesterday's like Chris is literally a butterball. That is true. I, I imagined you with like a turkey, like how you see like a, a, a skinned turkey. You know how it's like doesn't have any feathers or anything. It's just the skin, uh, kind of yellow skin with little dots on it. Like walking around with its arms and legs flapping with your head on it. <laughs> That's an image. Someone make that PTR, at least, please. At least I would be moist. Nice. <laughs> so, um. You know what's funny is I just found out yesterday, I was yesterday days old when I found out that Matt Yester has two debates with Leighton Flowers on YouTube. Um, Matt is reformed, right? So Leighton is not, is at the crux of the debate. So like, just when Steph gets here, ask her about Le Leighton Flowers is like her favorite, you know, like... We hate Calvinism guy. Um, is he like, I'm not Calvinist, or is he like, we hate Calvinism? <laughs> oh, we hate Calvinism. Like, he, oh. he like, is what irrational. Is he? He have, what denomination is he? He's Southern any? Baptist. Okay. He's a Southern Baptist pastor, and uh, Matt debated him and just 
completely destroyed him and made Leighton look really foolish. So he and Sam would get along? Um, so Sam and Leighton would get along, yes. Yeah. Do you guys know the individual name Sun? Like, I forgot the rest of it, but it's like Sun something. They're Sun, Sun Jaguar? I think so. They were... Oh. The atheist that we call Sea Lion. Yeah. Oh, that Jim. Yeah. He's what a, a blessed person. We just, we okay, just okay. don't deal with him at all. We were like we were talking in that in that chat last night, and I was just seeing a multitude of their comments. And I'm like, what is their stance? Oh yeah, that's all they do. They always comment, and it, it's so confusing. Like yeah, they're either just like trolling, or they they just don't care, and they're just like like commenting to like they they don't have a long term memory for these discussions. Like um, I I mean like they they only are ruled by their short term. So like if they completely like shred someone in a comment, um three comments later they could be praising that person so it, it seems like either they're just they're trolling or they just don't care or they just want to talk so anytime they think they can make a relevant point they do so I'm like oh he's being nice today and then he's like nate sucks he believes in sky daddies i'm like oh come on he's like so they, oh, they follow the, the <laughs> they follow the belief of like my hands are e for everyone pretty much yeah they just it probably okay. favors atheists i don't think they Okay. Like, really Hold on, I'm getting a call to call my father. Give me a second. What's up, Blue? Happy Thanksgiving Eve. Or, you know. Happy Thanksgiving, man. Uh, trolling is a... Using that word is offensive to me. Can we use another word? All right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend your people. Um, if I was if I was that type of person, I would. But, you know, you're a good troll. <laughs> so, apparently, there's some weird movie... Um, that's a weird romance that I was reading about that like, yeah, like this lady, she's just kind of like really ugly, you know, and she works as a prison guard or something. And then she meets like this other dude. He's pretty ugly. And the dude reveals to her, like, you're not an ugly human. You're a beautiful troll. What? And she's like, what? And it's like this weird movie apparently where like there are trolls that have infiltrated humanity and like the these two get together and like you know they found each other as trolls. Oh, I, I have no thoughts. It's just uh, I mean I haven't seen it. I probably would never see it. It was made in 2017 and is apparently a very <laughs> bizarre movie. This sounds sounds right. Yeah, sounds sounds bizarre. I've had this. PTR up entirely too long. Let me let me change it. You want to see AI Jesus beating the devil? Sure. Let's do AI Jesus beating the devil. There you go. So so the um so the boys um last night they got together and I don't know if you've ever dealt with Laron. Laron is on here all the time. He's an open theist and he is just he is just next level, the dude. And anyway, so he gets into, you know, Tyler and, and Kyoto's room and, you know, they're the, they're the philosophy bros, right? They're just gonna remember when Tyler was here in AAC and the, the atheist just kept pinging in new atheists to argue with Tyler. Cause he would defeat one. And then he would like, they'd be like, 
Jack Angstrick, I choose you. You know, they're just like Pokemoning like all the atheists and and like Haiti was in charge of it. And Tyler just single-handedly destroyed all of the atheists in like a single day. And uh, anyway, so that guy, he gets in there with Laron last night. And Laron, he is the classic, I have a green bean, I'm going to browbeat you about open theism. Like, right? So he's just like... God is open, he doesn't know the future, you know, and he just does all this, like, nonsense. Well, the minute that he's in a discussion with these guys, he's just completely disarmed, and it was hilarious. I mean, they they completely just, I mean, they led him around by the nose the entire night. It was hilarious. <laughs> I don't think I know. I think the only open theist I've met is... Who was it? That guy that came around the other day. Um, but it wasn't Laurent or whatever. Gosh, who was that guy? Well, it was hilarious. Like a bunch of people, one of the things that Pastor Sam's rooms have done is they've actually pointed out to people like inconsistencies in their own positions when they're arguing against Calvinists. And then they're like, holy crap, I'm an open theist. <laughs> so there's like actually people who have realized like that they're functional open theists. And now they're like, oh, I need to stop. I need to I need to leave here and I need to think about my life. Anyone else down there have any questions or comments? Feel free to type in chat or jump up and tell Chris all the ways he is wrong. I am wrong about a lot of things. Do you think that should generally make you more trustworthy about the things you do claim to know because you can admit many things you don't know? I don't know. I mean, the things that I do know, I try to, you know, back up with some type of source. The things I don't know, I'm like, I don't know. So maybe that, that, that does lend credibility. I don't know. You guys tell me. So I have to take my father-in-law to a uh, doctor's appointment. It's a 9.15, so I got a little bit more time, but I'm going to be at the doctor's office for quite a while. Oh, well, maybe it'll be a short day. We'll see. But, I mean, I think trust but verify, right? Like, you shouldn't – someone who's really trying to convince you of something remotely important, just bring convincing evidence, and then, uh, you know, you don't have to trust them. Well, what's the thing I always say? Don't take my word for it. Check for yourself. Yeah, that seems to be a pretty solid uh, pitch. <laughs> we were talking last night about like the siege of Munster, and that is not for uh, that is not a family friendly subject. <laughs> went went uh, graphic or so the Unitarians um, they decided to take over a town and rape and murder their way through the town. Didn't you bring that up a little bit the other day, and then Steph was like, no, 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 or am I misremembering that? Right, well, okay, because you, people get sensitive when you just use terms that are general. So like Unitarians murdered everyone? Well, yeah, I mean, no one gets upset about that except Unitarians, but, like, um, they were also called Anabaptists because they... Um, they just they would uh, they would baptize people who were adults, um, but at the same time there are Anabaptists that were just like 
Baptists that were just mild Christians that just had credo baptism. Um, and so people will get those two conflated. And so when people, when Calvin is writing in the Institutes about Anabaptists, which he, you know, his experience of Anabaptists are the ones that raped and murdered their way through Europe um, and were begging the Muslims to come in and, and invade and wipe out all the Christians. Like that's his experience with Anabaptists. It wasn't like the, oh, we just believe in adult baptism type. So people will get all of those conflated. So church history gets kind of complicated because we use these terms for groups of people that may have nothing to do with each other. Well, that is very interesting. Hey, Mr. Dempsey. Good morning. Been a little while. Hope you're ready for a fun Thanksgiving or to talk about the Siege of Munster. You know, either one. Hey, good morning. I'm actually driving. I never join when I'm driving, but good to see y'all. Oh, man. Where are you driving to? One of your kids' houses? No, I just left a meeting, a coffee meeting with a new client. Nice. Got me up way too early. I'm like, what in the heck? <laughs> Ooh, Brian, I got a book for you. Yeah? Yeah, The is Failure. It book, is it a book you've read? It is a book I've read, yes. It is The Failure of Natural Theology by Dr. Jeff Johnson. Oh, okay. Nice. Must have big letters and a lot of pictures. It's actually a pop-up book. It's a pop-up book. There was this really bizarre TV series like 20 years ago called Pushing Daisies. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, yes, I do. I can't remember. I can't remember if I saw it, but I remember it. What, um, oh, gosh. What was it What was it about? Who were the characters in it? So it was like the pie maker, and he had the ability to bring things back to life by touching them. But the second he touched them a second time, they would go back to being dead. Nope, never um, saw it. <laughs> okay. And then... Um, he has this childhood um, girlfriend that uh, dies, and so he brings her back to life. But the catch is that if he doesn't like touch them a second time and they you know go back to being dead uh, after sixty seconds, then somebody else in close proximity will croak. And so um, he ends he ends up um, like resurrecting his you know childhood girlfriend. Um, and then the funeral director where she was at croaks. Um, and so it's like a whole thing. So, and the whole plot of it is that they run basically a detective agency and they, and so the, the conceit is every week they touch it, you know, he goes and touches a dead person in the morgue to find out how they died to solve the mystery of their, their death. Right. And so, um, oh. and hijinks ensue. So. So it is very weird and very colorful, and the set design is bizarre, and it's just, it's really strange. Um, I don't even remember why I brought this up. Because Resurrection, you've changed your stance on it? Or? Yes, Jesus raised in our hearts. I, I was thinking of like the, um, you know, the person with the Resurrection hotline. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, yeah, maybe she has that power. I don't know. Who was that? Um, 
Andrew Christina Womack Nick. Yeah, it was Andrew. She was promoting Andrew Womack. <clears throat> well, anyway, so this this really bizarre show, um, pushing daisies. I don't remember why I brought it up. Why did I bring it up, Nate? <laughs> uh, something about Thanksgiving turkey. I I don't know. Um, what were you talking? So you're talking about Brian in a book, uh, which I kind of tuned out when you start talking about books. Okay, that okay. Um, now, now I remember. So one of the one of the plot points of this show was that the one of the other main characters, who's really the detective, he actually has a passion for writing pop up books, and so like he makes these super elaborate pop up books, and it's just <laughs> it's very funny. I see. All right, let me invite some people. If anyone wants to jump up on stage, do it. If not, ignore it. Oh, Jason Booth is down there. You can get a nice dose of um, logic and um, British accent. I think it's been a while since I've heard him. Jason Booth is one of my favorite people on here because, like, he's he's just really a good, effective teacher, but then everything he says sounds 20% smarter because of his accent. Why don't you just start talking with an accent? I'd utterly fail, Gov. Oh. See? Yeah. <laughs> you, you did good with ye old King's English last last week or whenever that was. Oh, yeah. I had you guys rolling. Somebody told me <laughs> yesterday that I should have—I missed my calling as a comedian. Are you good with people laughing at you or only with you? Eh, either way, it's fine. well man it's a slow day i tried to like promote the patriarchy to try to get something going nothing I, I there no like, bites I don't, I don't know what i've been doing but i haven't even i haven't even like watched um i haven't even really paid attention to like the news or you know what heretical things going on and like protest yet. you think they have any uh good new articles in the last couple of days i don't know there's usually a nugget or two there i mean the pope integrating jesus with buddha i mean that's that's pretty big that's gonna be tough to beat Yeah, the papists are on the rise as well. Like, I guess as Pope Benedict or whatever, uh, Pope uh, Pope Numskull, whatever he is, as he continues to go off the rails, um, like the the Catholics are getting more and more like upset, and they're just taking it out on everybody else around them, except for like the Pope. oh, like how it's misplaced aggression. Yeah, it's like they're getting really upset, like that he's like this liberation theology guy who's like inviting the LGBT flag into the Catholic Church, and then they're like taking it out on Protestants for some reason. <laughs> Have you been persecuted for your faith by them yet? No, not directly. Hey, deputy. Hey, good morning. Good morning. I hope you have something to talk about. <laughs> 
so many things. Give us one. Oh, good. So, Let's talk so about far, the we've patriarchy. talked about all the way Chris can make a turkey. <laughs> Are you making your turkey today, Chris? Uh, not today, but I'll make it tomorrow. I was telling Nate I got to wake up at four o'clock in the morning because my family is insane and wants to have Thanksgiving lunch at noon. So I have to wake up at like four to get my bird on by seven. You know what? Why don't you look for a recipe how you can like prepare it, get it ready, and then right tonight, like right before you go to bed, you throw it in the oven, but at like half the temperature, so it kind of like slow roasts all night. There's got to be a recipe with the right temperature and time, so you just don't have to think of it. So when you get up at like you know, seven in the morning. Um, it's almost done. Something to think about. All right, I made it home and in my office, so now I can chat. Oh, good job. All right, what are we chatting about? <laughs> yeah, do you want to talk about the patriarchy? <laughs> uh, sure. Go patriarchy. I love that we have all the ladies that are also the fan of the patriarchy. It's hilarious. You get like Dippity and, and uh, Steph, and it's just like, no, we love the patriarchy. Oh, snap. Look at that PTR. Oh, look at uh, Pope. What is it? Pope the Great? Look at Pope the Great down there. His PTR. Oh, that's great. I want to steal that. I mean, you know, Christian Borrow. You see that? That's a great PTR, Pope. Oh, snap. Wow. Yeah. For those who can't see, it says when, uh, what does it say? When Muslims are ready to fight, Muslims are ready to fight for Allah. And it's got like an angry mob, like ready to go to battle. And then it says when, uh, when it's time for Allah to uh, fight for Muslims. And it has Gaza destroyed. <laughs> Past performance is not indicative of future success. I don't know. At the right time to say that is that what that means yeah hey they finally got their ceasefire i enjoyed that way too much nate <laughs> <laughs> um it's so good yeah they finally got their ceasefire though they uh man they're... that is so dumb it's, it's just weak oh no 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 the 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 Israelis called the ceasefire because they're getting 50 of the hostages back. So they're going to do I a know, that's what I'm, ceasefire. That, that's what I'm saying. It's just <clears> weak, <throat> though. Like, we'll give you five free days for 50 hostages. How about give... I mean, this, this already should have been addressed. It should have been like, release all the hostages now, or we will destroy everything and just turn off our phones so no one can beg us to stop. Like, it, it shouldn't be for 50. It should be like, everything now. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'd be know, maybe man. I'd be a bad I'd be a bad, bad diplomat. Like, well, we have to negotiate. We have to compromise. Like, wait, where's wait, the guy compromising? Like, oh, his head's rolling across the floor over there. You know, as a metaphor, because yeah. we'll see what happens. Position of asking Christians don't don't be bad. Yeah, don't don't behead people, please. Yeah, that's really the other side for, to do. And it's probably I know. Happened to us at some point. Right. Remember the, the Muslims that rolled in and were like, we'll see you on the battlefield. <laughs> you think your head is it like, you know, if they like catch you before Christ returns, your head's like rolling around, like, you know, while you're like eyes are looking up at them all like weird. I think you'll still have like one more breath. Like, Repent, believe the gospel. All creepy, crazy eyed. I mean, sure.
So happy early Thanksgiving, you know, like we were saying. Are you going to one of your kids' houses, Dippity, or are you going to have Thanksgiving at your place, or what are your plans? Oh, I'm cooking at my house. I I went through the whole rigmarole of, are we going to do it here, or are we going to do it there? Let's do this. Oh, but I can't do it at this time, and I, and I just finally said, you know what? I'm just cooking at my house. Y'all just show up when you can. <laughs> I, I gotta say, Sofritos has spoken like a white Christian nationalist monster. That has, ab- <laughs> right. that has absolutely nothing to do with negotiating tactics. I'll have you know the new president of Argentina just went through doing a very same like type of thing to uh, like all these different departments that like you know he saw as corrupt. Um, he's just like gone, 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 gone. Like he didn't take a consensus. He didn't take advice. He didn't ask for compromise. He's quite uh, the little spitfire, isn't dude, he? Dude, he's just like gone, 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 gone. So when you're like uh, negotiating tactics, have nothing to do with uh, a political party or some sort of thing like that. It has to do uh, with, well, negotiating tactics. No one has a handle on it. Or no one has a monopoly on it. The Argentina guy is like, if like Lou got to be president, he's just trolling everybody. Oh, I know. <laughs> I almost want to move to Argentina if he doesn't get like, you know, removed. Did you know that he adored his dog so much that when his dog died, he had a really hard time getting over it. So he came over to the U.S. and he had four clones made of his dog. What? Oh, wow. Yeah. I like this guy even more. Does he still have those dogs? <laughs> That's awesome. And and when they called him, you know, a lot of them are calling him just like insane. Um, what what was it they said? He's uh, oh, I can't remember. They they called him insane or crazy or something like that. And he said the only difference between a genius and an insane person is their success. <laughs> <laughs> I did see the videos of the uh, tr- the response of the left that was sort of like Trump, but they were just all crying, and it was just it was <laughs> glorious. He looks like um, Willy Wonka to me. His hair is a little crazy. Is that the mark of like great leaders? They have crazy hair. Or the mark of mark of is that the mark of all leaders? Because there's like mm. also very bad leaders with crazy hair. Is that just the mark of people in power? Ugh, I gotta go get dressed, put pants on. Are you in your nightgown? <laughs> like like uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, like in the the Christmas Carol, whatever. Like how he's got like night nightgown and like the nightcap with, with the little candle and waxes. Yes, that's exactly what I look like. 100%. That's what I. Oh my gosh, I can imagine that easier than the turkey. So Dippity, I was telling him earlier about how I cook a turkey, and it's basically like I just bathe the thing in butter and salt, and people love my turkeys. Do you do a brine? Um, I have in the past. I'm not going to do a brine this year. What I'm doing is just um, I I separate the skin from the meat 
and I um, put slices in the skin and I put butter underneath the the skin between the skin and the meat. Okay, I have the best recipe for turkey. It makes the meat taste so good. Um, I stuffed the turkey with apples, onions, celery, and um, sage, and I then I make a marinade out of um, a little bit of honey, orange juice, and white wine. Oh, it's so good, y'all. That sounds good. I would eat. Now, see, this conversation is why I insist people use two syllables when they say my name. (laughs) Brian. 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 I'm like, no, that's salt water. My name is Brian. Give me the extra syllable. I'm just going to call you Brian for now on. Oh, no. You should have never given him the ammunition. That's right. (laughs) Brian. Brian Stott. I like it. It fits. Literally only me and Brian got that joke. So, Chris, last night I was in a room and there was a guy in there who said that he is both Muslim and Christian. He believes the Quran and the Bible, and he believes that they uh, coexist simultaneously together. So he's Catholic? Yeah. Chris Lum. You guys. The Pope did it, not me. <laughs> you know how Steph and I feel about that. But it's true. The Pope is, I mean, not all Catholics, but the Pope, he is doing Chris Lum, And now you can be a crudist. Like he's combining Jesus and, and Buddhism. So what are we, how would you say that serendipity if like the Pope is like, yes. Chrislam is a thing, but you want to be nice and oh, not no. say that's what's true. Do you just not address the issue or <laughs> do you lie? And Steph uh, mentioned something last night that um, I hadn't ever heard of the, uh, I hope I'm saying this right, the Muratorian mir- mir- canon. Prior to the Council of Nicaea. Do y'all have any idea what I'm talking about? Yep. Did that actually list all the Gospels in the Muratorian canon? So, yes and no. But, like, you know, the the canon was well established long before the Council of Nicaea. Right. That was essentially the premise that she was making. Right. So, and there was a canon list that was around 125 as well that we have papyrus of um, that had 25 books of the New Testament. I think it didn't have Revelation and Jude. So, you know, there's just the four Gospels have always been early and attested to. Um, you know, the obviously the Pauline epistles, uh, the pastoral epistles. Uh, the the Peterian epistles and the Johnian epistles all were, you know, early and attested to. We have a piece of papyrus P52 that is from between 125 and 175. You always do them in 50-year windows. So the latest it could be is 125, um, and that is a, uh, a fragment of the Gospel of John. 
Um, so we, we definitely have lots of textual evidence for the early dating of the Gospels and the, uh, the early uh, canon that was accepted by the church very early on. Right. I found somebody who dislikes other fellow Christians more than Calvinists last night, too. I had no idea that the Eastern Orthodox just really literally despise us. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's really funny. I'll send you this video because you're going to get a kick out of it. So in the 1630s, there was a, um, a patriarch in the Eastern Orthodox Church who converted to um, Christianity. And he became a Calvinist and then like wrote all of this stuff and, and had all these letters and we have all these letters in his own hand. Um, cause it wasn't that long ago. It was only 500 years ago. So anyway, so this guy, um, they, they threw him out. They, of the, of being the patriarch, then they took him out on a boat and strangled him to death and threw him in the Bosphorus. <laughs> um, and then, they realized then then they had a couple of councils to anathematize him right because he you know he literally said like the gospel or the the message of the apostles is found um in the belgic confession like <laughs> in one of the reformed confessions like the dude was a hardcore calvinist and um and he was a patriarch and so anyway so they they condemned him in two councils and then they figured out like oh wait a minute he's our apostolic succession link guy so we we better reform him so then they just straight up like made up a new history that he never really believed in calvinism and that uh it was all just a big fat lie and it was a calvinist conspiracy even though you know this is in like turkey there's like not a bunch of calvinists running around and uh and so then they they named him a saint and they just talked about how like oh yeah he he uh, we have this oral tradition that he rejected Calvinism, even though there's like thousands, like literally thousands of pages of, you know how we talk about we don't have the autographs of the New Testament? We have the autographs of this guy, like written in his own pen with his own signature that is talking about, you know, how great Calvinism is. And man, it really gets their goat. I can see why. Well, I mean, it just completely destroys, like, literally all of their arguments. Like, the one dude, his name was um, Cyril Lucanus. Yeah, that man last night, he was literally like, ugh, you're Protestants. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, that's what most Catholics will do, too. I mean, you get them going. It's pretty good. My favorite things to do are just bring up all the atrocities. I'm just like, all right, let's talk about atrocities now. Dippity, um, look up the um, St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre. And I'll just no, give you, a, it's just for fun. I'll give you a, a teaser that the Catholics murdered so many Protestants in Paris in one day that the River Seine that runs through Paris was clogged up with the bodies of dead babies. That's not fun. 
Oh, yeah, I feel like I did a, a really um, condensed like history of the Catholic Church, and I feel like I remember reading something about that. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, there's even paintings about it. Like all different stages of the papacy. Chris has one in his dining room. The good, the bad, the ugly. I do. I have the St. Bartholomew's Day fresco. I have a, re- a retelling of it in my, my living room. <laughs> I may have gone with something a little more happy. It is happy. Come on. <clears throat> this is such a slow day. Yesterday was good. We're following firing on all cylinders. You have a Muslim down there who's also a member of ISIS. You can talk to that guy. Okay, I have a question for you guys. For that guy? Yeah. For you guys. Um, John 844. You know, um, that's the verse. Let me think. Hold on. Let me pull it up. I hear particularly a lot of Calvinists, and I know this doesn't apply to you, Chris, but to a a lot of um, Calvinists, um, they reference this particular scripture to really jump on the bandwagon of, you know, uh, Jews being the children of Satan. (laughs) <laughs> say what oh yeah this is used very very regularly as as proof that the jews are children of satan and why we you know should have such disdain you are of your father the devil that wasn't just referring to jews in that well, particular it, context it was it's anybody who's in the kingdom of darkness essentially yeah essentially the verse when when taken in context with the whole chapter and the whole story is essentially saying you are either a child of god or you're a child of satan you're going to continue to live in you know the worldly ways and reject me then you are of your father the devil but like this verse is so misused and so misquoted by so many people about see see this is why the jews are the synagogue of satan this is why the jews are you know they're children of satan you guys don't hear this like all the time i hear this every day i mean i i see it see stuff like that posted like especially in bit shoot (laughs) but um I mean, yeah, like I kind of tune out, like whenever people talk about the Jews and it sounds like the Jews, right? I I just kind of tune out. I'm like, okay. Well, I do too, but like without getting into a full on Bible study about saying, you know what, let's, let's take a look at the whole chapter four of John and and let's talk about it and have a conversation. Like I just get I don't know. I get really annoyed because people throw it up all the time. They're the children of Satan. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ and, himself. And like the synagogue of Satan in Revelation, they're like, it's the Jews, yes. the Jews. Do they forget okay, that the guy who's actually talking is also Jewish? <laughs> I guess. I, I guess. don't know. <laughs> oh, but the church replaced the Jews, Chris. <laughs> the Jews. 
I mean, that's the problem with this whole replacement theology. The church replaced the Jews. You see, the Jews are the children of Satan. Well, what cracks me up is replacement theology is literally impossible unless you're a Roman Catholic because the idea of replacement theology is that the state of Israel was replaced by the institutional magisterium of the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. That's literally replacement theology. I but know like, it is. Unless it's... you're Roman Catholic, you can't participate in replacement theology. Dude, a lot of Protestants believe in replacement theology. Prashant is one of them. Well, they replace. They believe in something akin to replacement Prashant theology. Prashant is one of them that loves to use John eight forty four. Can I, you guys hear me? Children of the devil. Yeah, Lou. Yeah, in 31, it says this. Uh, Jesus spoke to the Jews who had believed in him. For me if you obey my teaching, teaching, he said, you are really my disciple. So he's, he's saying, he, he's talking to the Jews who believe in him are his disciples. That's what I heard. Right, but their argument is that he is also talking to the Jews when he's speaking in red in 844 and tells them, you are of your father, the devil. Because they do not specific, believe. That's the yeah, opposite. That's the specific people I, I know that. <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying it for the room. But, yeah, all right. But it's like the people who don't realize that, I, I, I don't think they can be helped because it's so apparent. Like if every clock in the room says high noon, and they're like, it's two, make your case. And I'm like, look around. Every clock says it's noon. Here's a sundial. Here's like the atomic clock. Like it is noon. They're like, you're wrong. It's of the devil. It's like, dude, I, I don't know what else to say. I can't help you. You know, the thing of it is like when you read the whole chapter in context, like you, you, it even makes sense why he essentially makes the implication that you are either a child of God or you are a child of Satan. Because the Pharisees are coming at him the whole time, making the insinuation that he's illegitimate. You know, where is your father? <laughs> we were not born of fornication. <clears throat> I mean, they're 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 making all of these father references and making all these insinuations about Jesus being illegitimate um, all throughout the chapter. So, like to me. I, it just, it makes perfect sense that he's essentially, he's outlining to them, yes, specifically at that point in time, that, you know, you are either sons of God or you are sons of Satan. And I don't know. I just, I hear this rhetoric day in and day out all day long. And I'm just What like, rooms do you hang out in? <laughs> we won't talk about that, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's just say this this is probably one of my few good rooms. <laughs> I think I think we're uh, answering. It's a hot mess sometimes. <laughs> oh hey Monica, welcome. What's up? Oh I'll I'll say what's I'll, up Buttercup. I'll say what room that I heard that um. Uh, fellow humans are demons <laughs> like I don't I'm not sh- I'm not shy I think bad ideas should be confronted and I think dehumanizing our fellow people because we disagree with their religious beliefs is cancer is toxic mm-hmm. yep so you know Prashant's been running several rooms with that 
tone yeah. and text and flavor. Oh, and, I thought you were going to say it was like the South Will Rise Again type of rooms. Mm-hmm. No. We go, we go in those too, but... <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of people that run in, in particularly the political spaces that just love to espouse. Well, you know. Do you remember that one guy, Chris, that everyone uh, kept shutting down and he could not figure out why? And like, he seemed like a totally nice guy. He was like, he was like uh, pretty good on all the theological points. And then one day someone was talking about the Holocaust and he just like, he was like, no, it never happened. We're like, what? And, you know, it was because he was like, I guess, born like, was it Iran or he was born somewhere. He like grew up or still lived there. Where they just like totally deny this and like you know indoctrinate people into it. We're like, what the heck is wrong with this guy? Do you remember that? Was it M M M or something like that? Maybe he can't talk. But anyways, yeah. Oh, you wouldn't believe some of the stuff we hear. We've heard that too. So Nate, uh, do we just disengage with these people who are determined to call people uh, children of the devil? Like, like, there's not a lot of room to go when we disagree on that level, to me. Well, yeah. I, I, I mean, I just say what serendipity and Lou said, right? I'm, I'm like, point out, like, it's all in the same context. It's all in the same, in the same passages. And it's like, what, 12 verses away? Like, both questions are answered. It's like, you know, who are truly his disciples? He spoke to the Jews who believe in him and said, remain faithful to my teachings, and you're truly my disciples. So you uh, have an example, you have an example there. And then further down he's like you meaning not the entire race of people who aren't even around him at the moment but he's like you specifically the group the crowd he was taught he was confronted by right then you are of your father the devil like it's very simple and you know for the the small amount of people that can't figure that out it's like well look there's the evidence it's a really clear-cut case and if you still are unwilling or unable to get it then i guess we just disagree um and then maybe if I'm in their room, they'll kick me out. Or, you know, if I'm here, I'm like, okay, well, you know, just get off your soapbox. Or I don't know. Like, there's nowhere else to go. It's like, that's the answer. Who decides who are the children of the devil, I guess, is the problem I'm having. Like, God. Right. So it's not our job to say your father is was Satan, right? It's not our job to tell people that, right? Or what? Because I don't feel well. I mean, categorically, no. like, you know, if, if categorically, if someone is a non-Christian and like you reject Jesus, then you know, I'm comfortable saying, well, look, it doesn't sound nice, but your father is the devil. Like, repent and believe the gospel, and you know, you can be adopted in the family of Christ. But I mean, it, it's it's a very binary. It's like if you are, you know, if you believe Jesus and follow Jesus, your father is God. If you, uh, you know, if if you reject Jesus and will not repent, then your father effectively is the devil. So it's not a race thing. It's it's a are you saved in Christ or are you not? But you can be. Your father doesn't have to be the devil. If you want, you can. Uh, oh, Prashant's here. If you want, you can be adopted in the family of God. Um, you know, to make the Calvinists happy. If you if you want, you can totally quote choose God. But what that really means is, you know, if you can freely say Jesus is Lord, repent and believe, then you know God has granted your ability to do that. But either way, if you can say the words and believe it. You can be adopted as, as in Christ. I love I the whole, noodle, guys. <clears throat> I, I love the whole game that the Pharisees play with um, Jesus in that entire chapter. The test. You know, when, 
when they start out with the whole, you know, we're going to bring the adulteress in and they they basically think they've got him pigeonholed because he's either got to follow the Levitical law or he's got to go against the Romans who at this point have outlawed outlawed the death penalty and so i think they they just really think they have him pigeonholed like well, so what are you gonna do about her <laughs> you know Nate, i what? don't i don't throw a rock and hide my hands so prashant welcome well, yeah i, I want to well, tell him what i said that got maybe somebody reported to him because what happens is someone will say oh they're talking about you and then the person doesn't hear something different than what I said. So, Prashan, I told Nate that you're running rooms where you have called people uh, children of Satan and, and the devil. And that um, that they don't believe what you believe, that they are, um, they are sinning and will likely go to hell. Is that fair of what some of your rooms are? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I was just gonna. I, I was gonna say, let's just test this theory. Like, since Prashant's here, I'm like, uh, Prashant, um, I don't think all Jews are, you know, children of the devil. I think the ones who reject Christ, just like any other person of any other race who rejects That's Christ, good. are children of the devil. And I think Jews, along with anyone else who accepts Christ as Messiah, believes and repents and is saved, then their father will have eternal God. life. Agreed. There's not. It has nothing to do with the biology. It has nothing to do with the genetics. So that it only has to do with the condition of their heart. And it's by grace through faith. That's it. I mean, that seems fine. I mean, unless he says something different what, somewhere else. I don't else. see what is controversial <laughs> about that. I don't know. Why would What's people think you What's controversial about that is saying Jews are the children of Satan. Jesus says so in John eight forty four. <laughs> well, Tori wants to put it to That's an entirely different context. I think that calling out a specific group of the Jews that had believed him, the Pharisees. What? Sorry, Chris, please go ahead. All I was saying is, I think that I think that calling out a specific group as being children of the devil is a little more problematic than just saying all unbelievers. And I go back to like I can I can think that you are the spawn of Satan particularly a couple of people on Clubhouse who have been maybe unkind to me. But I don't... You may be right. So I... But I, then I don't think it's my place to... To... I don't know. I just have a problem casting... Like, I'm judgmental, but I don't think that I should, like, castigate them. Like, I don't feel like it's my place. Well, maybe... I mean, maybe not. Like, you know, like, I'm not going to go in an atheist room and say you're all doomed. Uh, like yes. I don't know. Like like I'm I'm just not gonna go in and say you're all sinners and doomed. But if they say, Oh hey, oh you're a Christian, what do you think about that? Like, oh, in your Christian belief, if I don't believe like you, if I don't believe in this guy Jesus, that you know he can give me eternal life, then then you think I'm going to hell, right? Uh yes. I'm not trying yeah. to be rude, I'm not trying to like beat browbeat you, I'm not trying to like chase you down the road, but unless you want me to lie to you, which I'm not gonna lie to you, uh yeah, unless you repent, you will die in your sins, and that means hell. So you, you, I don't want that for you. Don't go there. And I don't so, go to the atheist rooms and try to tell them how to be a better atheist. But the good news is repent and believe, and then you don't have to worry about that. That's fair, Prashant. I don't see you um, doing that either. I, I have had you joke about Catholics 
and that your brand of Christianity is superior to another brand of Christianity. I've ha- I have heard you say that. There is no, there, oh, there's no, there is only, true. there are no such things as brands oh. of Christianity. So I, I, I've, I've always said I have no problem with the rank and file Roman Catholic. And I, I, I truly believe that um, in, in, in so many Catholic churches, there really are believers, true believers in God. You said our veneration the of institutional, the institutional. Wait, hold on. You said my. You said the veneration of Mary is idolatry. Of course, it is. It's it not. Is. It's true. not. Okay, oh. wait. Hang on. So uh, let's let's talk about veneration, right? So um, Mary's the mother of God. You know, uh, Hail Mary, whatever. Like you know, deep respect, mad respect. You're great. Um, super cool. That's probably fine. Oh, Mary, mother of God, we beseech thee to pray for us, to save us, or whatever. Um, yeah, that'd be rough. That, that, that's probably um, fine. Explain that if you're really interested, Nate, because it seems like you're a little cavalier about it. But I can... Oh, I, I, it, yeah, it's my deep irreverence for just... <laughs> in, in general, I need to work on that. Not for them, but like that's kind of my attitude. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah. So, so it is an intercessionary prayer. It's, 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 it's okay. So, so serendipity and fury are great people on the app. So fury might be mad because I'm a spicy meatball. And this is like, <laughs> like serendipity knows this is like, like backstory. Cause we have history, right? So I irritate fury about something that I said, well, serendipity is closer to fury than I am. I'm going to ask, hey, serendipity, I messed up with Fury. Can you ask him to, like, forgive me? I'm, I'm not praying. I'm not praying because I think serendipity is God. I'm praying because she's got an in with God. And not, not in Christ, in Christ yeah. we all got an in with Christ. It, it says that we could come to him with freedom and confidence if you are in Christ. This is true. Okay, this is true. However, I think there's nothing. The thing of it is, we're also commanded in Scripture to to ask for inner. Like that's why we confess to one another and have each other pray. We're we're all inner. Uh, Let me just say my little piece, and and then because I only have one piece, and then maybe this is like what we're talking about with the Jews or evil or whatever. Um, this would be a practical example. Like I'll say what I have to say, and then I have nothing else. So my two problems are we are told, you know, to, to, you know, confess our sins and things like that. But that's to living people. Like there is no biblical reason, I believe, to think, people can argue, but I believe, that that goes for deceased people who are now presumably with God, you know, if they were, if they were believed in Jesus. So there's no reason to extrapolate from intercession, um, you know, like you're talking about with other people who you may have a problem with to negotiate things. Or if I want to confess my sins to a brother or someone in Christ, there's, it's a really far extrapolation to then say that extends to dead saints. Um, and aren't dead saints like worshiping Jesus? Like we're told we'll be worshiping God forever. Do they have time to take a phone call? But then the last thing I'd say is, you know, when the Bible specifically says there is one mediator between God and man, and that is Jesus. Um, so then why, it, it just seems like they're doing a textbook, what they should not be doing. Like it's, it seems like there's not room, there's not room for like negotiation. It's not like, well, the Bible's unclear, so we think this. It's like the Bible is incredibly clear. There is one mediator, 
not saints, Mary, apostles. There is one mediator. So why would you add multiple mediators? Okay, can, I'm done. Can I add something to that then? Can I ask you a question? Sure. Um, in Revelation, when the elders, when they're they're sitting in the throne room, I think it's chapter four. Hold on. I'm trying to see if I can actually find the verse. And uh, Jesus Christ reveals himself as the kinsman redeemer. Um, one of the things that's actually mentioned is um, the saints pouring out the prayers that they've received. If, if intercession is bad, why then is there mention of it in Revelations that the, the prayers of the saints were poured out? among him in the throne room just prior to him revealing himself as the kinsman redeemer? That is a very good question. I would have to get back to you. I would definitely want to look into that. But for the meantime, unless anyone else wants to answer that, I will fall back on, you know, my main point, which is there is one mediator between God and man, and that is Jesus. Uh, but I, I would definitely look into that. And I agree with you. I, the thing you is, I, I, I don't disagree with that underlying premise, but I'm just saying that when I call up my sister and I say, I'm really struggling for this, could you pray for me? I just don't see much of a difference but in to that. Whom, to whom do you pray? To whom does your sister pray? <clears throat> Jesus Christ. There you go. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets to the Father except through me. Absolutely. But again, that, that doesn't discount the fact that the prayers of the saints are released in the throne room. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I mean, here's... Do, do you have a thought on that, the elders, Chris? Do you have a thought on her question? Chris, take it, please. Well, go ahead, Chris. Give us your thoughts. Empty your head. So give me a minute. <laughs> he chimed in just to say, give me a minute. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I want to put a pin in this because this is super important, and I have like 30 seconds. But, like, yeah, the elders, uh, all of this is just giving out praise to God. The prayers of the saints in that particular instance are not the prayers of people on earth that are being prayed by the saints. The saints cannot hear us. They are in the beatific vision. Mary cannot hear us. In order to for Mary to hear us, she would have to be given deity and so exactly. i can i am happy to read um the glories of mary to you this is the most important and the most quoted um catholic prayers to mary um and they are worshiping mary you know this is not the latria versus julia all this other nonsense it is straight idolatrous blasphemous satanic worship of Mary, and I'm happy to read you excerpts from the Catholic book that admit this. If you could, I would love that, uh, you know, just to actually and, hear it. Just to, just to add on to that, here's the thing. The, the intercession of the saints is perhaps the most damaging position you could take if you're engaging in Catholic apologetics. And also, you know, not it, it, it implies it implies it implies a, a vision of salvation that results in the the obtainment, the imputation of the omni attributes of God onto the saints. And I'm fine. Also, and that, not that's that's that is the lie. That is the great, the greatest of all lies that humanity fell for. That led to their cosmic treason. 
against God, and ye shall be as God. So it is. It, this is a very, very serious issue. There's a reason why it's called the doctrine of demons. Okay, you kept pausing, um, so I kept thinking you were done. I'm also fine not demonizing a large swath of people who call themselves Roman Catholics, because the stuff Chris is talking about that I also am not familiar with, I bet most of them have little to no idea. Um, anyway, maybe that's yep. just the Catholics I know. But Chris, where uh, you, you said you had limited time, but you said you're happy to read that. Do you mean at a different time, or do you actually have like the book like that you I got are a, able I got to read right that? I would like yep. you to read some of those, if you could. You so know, the just... Glories of Mary is the most popular book amongst Roman Catholics for prayers to Mary. It, is, it was written in the 18th century. It has had more than 1,000 printings. Okay. Uh, let me just read this little tiny gem. Mary, my mother, I no longer deserve to be your son. It is enough if you accept me as a servant. Yet you may not forbid me to call you mother, because this name consoles me and reminds me to love you. When I think of all my sins, I am consoled that you are my mother. Please allow me to call you mother. Then, after God, you will be my refuge in this valley of tears. I hope to die with my soul in your hands saying, Mother, have pity on me. Amen. Does that sound like just, you know, asking my auntie to pray for me? And what, what is this called, this book or the prayer or whatever you said? What's the title of it? This is, again, the this is by the Vatican. This is published by the Catholic Church. It is called The Glories of Mary. And I mean, you can just you can read through the book. All I want, it, so I can send the PDF to Dippity, and Dippity, if you read this book, which is official Roman Catholic dogma, and you come away with it saying this is just my aunt, my aunt uh, Polly praying for me, like you you can't read this book and have that same conclusion. So you send it to her. Can, not can me. I say something? Uh, yeah, after Christmas, he'll send me the PDF. Oh, too. Go ahead. Yeah, Chris, I want that PDF. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, whoever wanted to talk. Was that Lou? I think it was Luca. Lou, what's up? Yeah, I kind of wanted to go back to the, the psychology of what she said, and I'm not sure if she... So, so, so the idea is, I'm going to go to Mary because she is closer to God, or I'm going to go to the saints because she is closer to God. Um, Is, is that what you were saying? I mean, I, I mean, I, I heard that as like, yeah, she, she's like closer to God than you, but it's like to get more, to get more eyeballs on the issue. So like, if, if you like have done something wrong or you, you want to pray, then the more people, the better, which in theory makes sense from our natural mind. But again, when there's one God, only one set of eyeballs need to be on it. And it's you praying directly to God. Um, so, I mean, like with most things in my natural life, you know, uh, what, what is it? Like many hands make light work. Like, you know, the more people uh, harping on something, the quicker and easier you get a response. But that's not the same with God because it's a direct relationship. So if, if you go directly to Jesus and Jesus is like, yes, I hear you. I am your mediator. But why would you go to like 30 other people to also do the very same thing? Okay, so 
I have a question then. If your your essential premise is that the saints, um, you know, can't hear us, what about like in Jeremiah, where he makes the statement that long after their deaths, Moses and Samuel are depicted as pleading for the Israelites? Um, are they pleading for the Israelites in general? Are they pleading for in? Are, are they taking requests? Is this a service that situation that's going on? That's the question, right? And 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 honestly, like you have to assign omniscience to creatures. You have to take the necessary and add uh, uh, omniscience and omnipresence being to the necessary. Omniscience and the, the uh, any sort of. Obtainment of the omni attributes. I mean, this is the, the, the uh, under this doctrine, salvation is apotheosis. I don't know what that word means, but yeah, I just don't know what that word means. The the the, the process of the conversion of a mortal into a divine being. So, so I, uh, under the Catholic idea, why, why is my prayer not good enough? I'm just, if anybody can answer that for me, just so I have an understanding. I made that argument. Yeah, I don't think that Catholics think that. Um, and I don't, uh, I don't think that they necessarily even always pray for intercession either. Um, <clears throat> So, so what you saying? So are you? So what you're saying is that I can go to Christ directly. Uh, sure. Okay, but right, it's just not as effective, Lou. So I can show you so, canons in the Catholic Church that show that it's not effective to go to Jesus because he's a big fat cosmic meanie, and you need his mother to soften. That's exactly his what how they phrase it too, Chris. I love how you directly quoted that. No, but but yeah, but I mean, that that, that goes back to my. It goes back to my question, though. So, is that the case where I'm not? Um, my my prayers isn't enough. I'm I'm looking for the link to the big fat meanie quote. Sorry, I'm driving, but yeah. If you want the, do you have you never read the glories of Mary as a Roman Catholic? I put a link in the chat. No, I'm not familiar with it. So would it be fair, since everyone's ignoring Porter Lou, someone can think about addressing this question, but would it be fair the big fat meanie thing right. is more like a paraphrase of something that would say, God is ominous and righteous and his judgment is fearful and trembling. Therefore, let Mary, his mother and maker, soften the temperament. Or so that, is it fair to say something like that is probably more akin to how it's actually written? Which is why and, and you probably accurately paraphrase it. <laughs> the reason I'm asking is because if, they, if what you said is true, then, then, then we really don't have a right to approach God. Like we really should be praying to saints and everything else because He will devour us in, in, in such a way. Like Christ really didn't um, do what He said He came to do, and that denies a lot of things. I, I see big problems. Yeah, I don't think I made that argument, Lou. But you can that's, go. That's fair. Draw me but, but you also didn't answer my question. Can you answer my question? I said because yes. And I said it right after you asked the question. The fact that you didn't hear it is not my problem. Okay, so you said you can pray 
But it, are you 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 can pray to you by yourself? But are you saying I I it would be better you if can I do whatever with... you want to do, bro? I'm not your mom. That's a different question. We're talking about theology, but all right. If you don't want to get it, that's fine. How about this? Do you believe, Monica, that Mary was sinless? My religion says immaculate conception happened. Do you believe that Mary lived a completely sinless life? She is ever virgin. What virginity what? has nothing to do with sin? sin. Yeah, you didn't answer the question. You're dodging. I'm not. I'm answering it based on my faith. Can I answer? So, so okay, okay. So, well, let me answer it based on the Bible. Don't you think is without sin? All don't have sinned. Don't you think oh. the vessel? No, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's implications to what you said. So, are you saying everyone who's a virgin is not sinful? No, Lou, I'm not saying that at all. And I really appreciate but, but, how you continually put words in my mouth. It's great. No, it, everything you're saying has implications. You're saying you're saying she she's is. She's the ever the, virgin. Hail so does that mean she is sinless? Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sins. Like what? Like what well, part? Does that mean she is? Does that mean she is sinless? Is the question exactly? Was she born without original sin? We had the immaculate conception conversation already, Prashant. I haven't had it with you. Um. So does that mean she's sinless? She was born without original sin, so that she could carry Jesus. And that's because of her virginity. And and then did she where, remain where that sinless for the entire course of her life? Well, I no, hold on, real quick. So I is that because is that because of her virginity, Monica? I wasn't there, gentlemen. Have you guys asked? Like, I don't have the answers that you seek, so I'm sorry. Well, it's, I, just I'm just, kind of, it, it, it's just these kind of, again, extrapolation. I wish there was a better word, but there's not. But to say that, okay, Mary had Jesus, Jesus was sinless, therefore Mary must be sinless. And then the, the apologetics are things like, well, don't you think that surely the vessel Jesus was born into would have to be sinless? No, there's no biblical reason to think that. The devil could have carried Jesus around and had Jesus. It doesn't matter. Like I, the only thing that needed to happen was Jesus had to be born of flesh and blood and Jesus himself never sinned. Those are the only biblical markers. You could have had any any kind of sinful person way worse than Mary, um, you know, carry Jesus. So, so you, it's not necessary, but the Bible you, says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Do you believe the sins of the father are visited upon the child? No, I think that was a thing in what, Isaiah. I think that was a thing in Isaiah where it's like, talking about like specifically like you know the sins will be handed down in the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Um, so even if we're I taking that at face value, Mary did not hate him. But anyways, well, no. My point was, if Mary wasn't born without original sin, and and Jesus is what fifty percent Mary. Monica, Monica, whoa, 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 and and God. Man, God made flesh, right? Yes, Mary's Mary, other than being the the reproductive vessel, the carrier of the incarnation of the Word being made flesh, had no contribution towards his makeup biologically, genetically, as a human being. 
I mean, if you believe that, you're 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 talking about a God. Monica, do you, do you understand that you're you're Jesus die for our sins, Prashant? Monica, it's <clears throat> did Jesus die for our sins, Prashant? Only for those who believe in him. Right. So so he had a body. He had flesh that was mortal so that Correct. he could rise again on the third day. Mm -hmm. Correct. Sure. Okay. Then I don't think we're disagreeing. What? Uh, Prashant, what else did you have a problem with Catholics? Necromancy? <laughs> Yeah, necromancy. Of yeah, that's that's why I'm getting that. Uh, that's What's why I brought that? I'm question. ignorant. Uh, I mean, the, the... scripturally speaking, yes, they're idolatry and they're necromancy. Look, the the biggest problem with Roman Catholicism has not has nothing to do with, with any of these doctrines. Those are side issues. The main problem with Roman Catholic theology is that it denies salvation by faith alone. And so the scripture Correct. teaches Sorry, that... Chris, you're, you're not wrong. Absolutely nailed it. Right. So the, the scripture teaches that our salvation comes through faith alone, not faith and the sacraments, not... Uh, you know, it is an alien imputed righteousness. That means that we get the righteousness of Christ, not the uh, righteousness. Monica, what do you think it means for the Messiah to have been prophesied to emerge from the line of David? Where is it in scripture that Mary, we know that Joseph was, where is it in scripture? Joseph was what? From the line of David. And it's true that Mary and Joseph were somewhat distant cousins. So there you go, you answered your but, but, but own. Where is it in scripture? Well, you answered your before, own. Hold on a second, before the destruction of, before the destruction of the second temple, in the siege of Jerusalem, Jewishness was passed patrilineally, not matrilineally. So if Joseph is not Jesus' father, because God is his father, right? I mean, even you would agree with that. Then how is it the case that he is of the line of David? And what does lineage mean? What what does God mean when he speaks of lineage? Well, in order to fulfill the prophecy, Jesus Christ had to meet both obligations, both the legal and the lineage obligation to be the Messiah. And Mary was actually um, descended from David's son, Nathan. So, Please, please. Educate. And Joseph provided the legal. Okay. Uh, Wait, David's son wasn't Nathan. Okay, so so again, salvation is the main issue. But 
literally everything else is a distraction. Yeah, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. So, so, Monica, the reason that people push back against Roman Catholicism is not because we don't like Roman Catholics. It is because the doctrine as taught by the Roman Catholic Church is not the doctrine of the apostles, okay? And so we see the doctrine of the apostles laid out clearly in Scripture when it talks about salvation by faith alone and how Christ imputed his righteousness to us, and then he took on our sins. This is called the Great Exchange, Okay, so Roman Catholic theology teaches something completely and wholly different, and that is the main issue. So what about the faith without works is dead, that you are judged by your actions on earth while you're still saved? There are still consequences for sin. So let me ask you this question, Monica. Answer my question first. Yes, there's still consequences. And yes, the people, who, the people who say you're—I'm answering your question. The people who say you're saved by faith alone will never say don't do good works. They will always say good, do good works. Everyone will say do good works. The only difference is Catholics say you must have faith and do, do good works for salvation. The other people say you must have faith only for salvation, but then, yes, do good works. And, and more importantly, the good works will emerge inevitably, invariably, on the basis of the condition of your heart. Atheists do good works all the time, and they no, don't. Do hell, but they don't have hell, faith. Here's they, the thing. They hell is filled with people who do good works. Well, I think you just said it, Monica, um, that... You know, there's what I said, which I believe is right. But then you said, well, atheists do good works, but they're missing the other piece, which is faith. So, yeah, I mean, it's true. I believe what Prashant said. Like, you know, hell is hell is full of people who've done good stuff. Right. So so when we talk about like the gospel, right, so you'll hear you hear us talk about the gospel. The good news of Christ is this, is that we were all born in sin, right? Original sin. So good Catholics know and believe in original sin. Um, we uh, cannot get to God on our own. I'm sorry, my car is grousing. We cannot get to God on our own. So God devised a plan by which he can redeem his people. Um, and the way that he did that is that he sent Jesus Christ to the earth, born of a virgin, um, who lived a perfect and sinless life for uh, his entire life. And then he went to the cross willingly, gave up his own life, died, um, buried, and crucified, or crucified, died, and, and uh, buried, uh, and then rose again on the third day. The resurrection power that he demonstrated is available to us where he gives us his perfect life to stand in for us perfectly so that we can have peace with God. I guess she left. Oh no, she's down. What happened? Oh, she must have swiped left. Um, right? Oh man. Monica, come on back up. Um, or, oh, I guess. Oh, I, I have a green Praying to, that for Praying to dad people. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. So what, uh, 
What that means, though, is that we can have peace with God today, not in some other day or not in the future, but we can have peace with God today. The one thing that I knew that I never had as a Roman Catholic was peace with God, because you cannot have peace with God until the beatific vision in the Roman Catholic system. You are subject to venial and mortal sins and the sacraments in order to mitigate those sins. Um, Christianity works a different way. Christianity says that Jesus gives us his perfect life to stand in for us. And then he takes our sin. First Peter 2.24, he took our, he bore our sins in his body on the cross. Um, Colossians 2.14 says that he paid a certificate of debt for us. He ransomed so us. So that we no longer owe that debt for sin. Our sin debt is paid once and for all. And kind of the problem that Roman Catholics run into is that they, because the church does not teach justification by faith alone, they teach uh, a mix of uh, faith and works, and the works are in the sacraments, not your good works. Laborare estorare. And right? work is worship. Yeah. Work is worship, according to them. And so, and so, what we would say is that our greatest problem is not Mariology. It's not the glories of Mary. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's that the the Catholic gospel um, that we all know. Um, Nate and Prashant and Dippity and all these folks is completely different from the Roman Catholic gospel. And so that is the, that's the base issue. This is why the church, um, the Roman Catholic church has strayed away. This is why there was a Protestant reformation. This is why God chose to act in a different way uh, because the, the light of the gospel had left the church uh, and you can see this in Jan Hus, um, who was a proto-reformer, um, again, martyred. Um, you can see this with the Cluniac revival. You can see this with uh, all other manner of, of revivals that happened throughout church history, the Waldensians, um, you know, that were turning around and rejecting um, the, the faith of the Pope in favor of the faith of the Apostles. Um, we see it with Athanasius, doctors of the church that uh, went against the councils and went against the papacy um, to proclaim the biblical gospel. Athanasius was um, tossed out of the church. He was exiled, banned by the pope. Um, you know, Pope Liberius was a Arian pope. Um, Constantine was baptized by an Arian uh, bishop. Um, you know, there's, there's this, there's all of this stuff. When you really start looking into church history, you start to realize that the heresies have always abounded. Well, well, you, what you start to realize is that the the story of church history is the true faith of the apostles struggling against, uh, the, the, against the, the world doctrines of the, well, against the world and the doctrines of the Roman Catholic church and the Eastern Orthodox church. <laughs> There's constant martyrdom, um, constant um, switching of things all throughout uh, the institutional church where the inst where actual believers are struggling to continue the faith of the apostles over and against what is being forced upon them.
I mean, why do you think the Canaanites were were covering up Abraham's wells when he dug them with, with sand and dirt? It's probably because he was preaching the gospel. So throughout the Bible, I only see evidence of this one thing, that there's a remnant. God has his chosen people. And everything else outside of that is consigned forever. They only have one destiny. It's, it's the gloomy, utter darkness of eternal chains. That's it. So you can either have one or the other. Those are your two options. You can have Christ or you can have chaos. Talking to dead loved ones is considered necromancy. I may not use that word, but I'm going to say it's not good. Well, well, there's like the talking to, like, you know, does someone actually think they are talking to them? Like it's just in their mind, like they're, they're actually not, they just think they are or hope they hear them? Um, or, or, yeah, I don't know. I mean, of course, like going, going like Samuel and Saul type thing. Uh, that you don't know is the best answer. Thank you. It was more of like, I don't want to touch that because. The I what now? Sorry, my wife was talking to me. What what happened? Is praying to dead loved ones necromancy? No, that's like not ne what I said, Nate. I didn't say pray. I said talk. Sure. Okay. Talk. All is talking is, is talking talk. is talking to dead loved ones necromancy. Okay. The when I order my Domino's pizza and I'm talking to the police of pizza, I guess I'm gonna pray to them for my pepperoni and cheese. What are you talking about, Chris? So talking to people who are not there, um, physically with you, either God, uh, because he is not physically his 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 immediate presence is not there. Or talking to people who are dead, um, well, those people are step. absent. Right. That's that is literally the definition of prayer. But but all I'm trying to say, none of that matters. Like the the thing that matters is the gospel. The thing that matters is that Christ is is here, and He is calling out for you today, Monica. Today is the day of salvation. He's saying to you. Look, I can give you peace with God today, outside of a system, outside of a of a church. I can absolutely give you peace with God today that lasts forever from today on. Behold, and that, now is the favorable moment, Monica. And that is what that is what Jesus is talking about. That you know, when He gives us His righteous life to stand in for us, that immediately gives us peace with God. Does that mean that we're perfect? No. What that means is that when God looks on us, He sees Christ's finished work and His perfection, and that is what is called justification. And so Paul talks about justification, and that is what Christ is offering today, instead of the endless hamster wheel of sacraments and uh, prayers to saints. For I chose you and you are mine.
Good morning, Steph. How are you? About that good. Um. Well, Steph has a busy life. She probably can't get to her phone. Well, serendipity, David's son, was that like Nathan, like the Nathan, like Nathan the prophet or another Nathan? Yeah, it, there's two different genealogies set out in the New Testament, one in Matthew and one in Luke. The genealogy in Matthew is Joseph's line. The genealogy in Luke is Mary's. <clears throat> so my question, that is Nathan and, the prophet, not like another Nathan? Um... Honestly, I don't it's know. It's another Nathan. It's not Nathan the prophet. Yeah. That was my contention. Not that he didn't have a son named Nathan, but it, like when everyone, like the only time I'm ever familiar with anyone saying Nathan in relation to the Bible is prophet Nathan. That's, that's right. always. But Nathan is in the genealogy in Luke as yeah, a son yeah, of Nathan. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Of course. Well, like, yeah. And, and what Dippity's bringing up is really important too, right? So the reason that uh, there had to be a virgin birth for the Messiah is because the uh, line of Jehoiakim had been cut off. There is the curse of Jehoiakim in Jeremiah. Yep. And so because of the curse of Jehoiakim, if Jesus was naturally Joseph's son, then that would be a breaking of the prophecy of Jehoiakim. Correct. And so the beauty of the virgin birth is that it both establishes Jesus's relation to the line of uh, David through Mary's ancestry, um, as well as his legal claims on, um, on uh, the kingship through being the adopted son of Joseph without having to be in Joseph's bloodline, therefore breaking the line of Jehoiakim. Exactly. And that's why there's two different genealogies, which a lot of people like to imply or indicate as scripture, you know, uh, not, um, uh, they consider it like a, an error. They're like, well, which genealogy is right? Matthew gives this one over here. Luke gives this one over there. You know, they're not the same. And, but it's because one establishes his legal right as claim to the Messiah and the other establishes the blood. Was I being too hard on Monica, Dippity? Um, I I thought you were actually very decent. <laughs> no, I you know, like I said, obviously Is Monica Catholic? Yes. Oh, I thought she was just like sympathized with people who are Catholic. She's not super well, vocal about that. <laughs> oh well I mean that's one of the things about, you know, Prashant and the Jews are devil's children. It's like well, you know, look, we don't need to have a knock John drag out, but I mean if People should say what they really think. So it's like, well, look, Chris said, I mean, we all said what we really thought. Um, ultimately, the decision's yours. Do what you want. But, you know, if you don't want us to lie to you and we don't want to lie to you, then this is what we think and this is why we think it. You right. should and check Monica's this out. Monica's a big girl. Like, she, you know, she 
handles these these conversations accordingly. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not too worried. I'm certain that these are not objections she hasn't heard before. Um, no, I mean I don't. Uh, at, at one point, I almost kind of felt like, whoa, this kind of feels like a dog pile, but. Um, uh, you know, I, I think all in all, I think everybody handled themselves well. And, um, you know, everybody's got very strong feelings and beliefs on this. Like I kind of had to step out of the conversation over the was Mary sinless thing. Cause of course I believe there's not one that's born without sin. <clears throat> you know, scripture is very clear about that, but. Right. Um, you know, like I said, I mean, I've told you before, Chris, I believe that there will be Catholics in heaven. I believe that there will be Protestants of all shapes and sizes in heaven. And I believe that there will be a lot of people that are surprised well, um, because be of their lack of relationship. <laughs> will the Pope be in heaven? Any of them? Eh. I don't know. I don't try to. Judge the heart of man, you know, and I'm, what I'm, their I'm relationship not, is. I'm not being judgy. I just, I, just <laughs> I know. I have no I, idea. I have no idea. I mean, you know, if they, repent and, believe, if they <laughs> repent and believe the gospel, then sure. I'm not I mean, sure. Just like anyone else. Person. He'll be with her as a rainbow colored frock. That is messed up. That's something I would like to ask Catholics. Monica, I don't know if you still have time. Um, but I mean, what, what do like Catholics like? you or anyone else like really think even if you're catholic and everything in, in the catholic history is fine like does everyone just like go along with pope francis now like when he's like merging like not even chrislam that, that's like you'd think that's like the worst but it's not he's like he, now he's just, what was it last week the vatican put out that thing where it's like now they're merging like christianity and buddhism saying that to truly be saved and it's an acknowledgement like an official vatican statement that I suppose, like, you know, adherent Catholics should believe or follow, you know, because it's the vicar of Christ saying this. He, he, he says one of the acknowledgments you must make, and it says this is to truly be saved, one must, like, accept all world religions in harmony and unity. Uh, what was, I'm paraphrasing, it was like, follow the government and agree with the media. I'm like, are you serious? Agree with the media? And it was all about, like, peace and love and harmony. And he says that is how one is truly saved. Nothing well, to do with Jesus. I'm like, if you're of, a Catholic, you should be crawling out of your skin. That's kind of though setting the stage, I think, for a political religious power later. But it, the thing of it is, I don't believe, like there was just last week, I think it was, I read an article about a bishop um, in Texas because apparently there's there's like a really mo a big movement, particularly in American Catholic churches, um, there was a bishop that was extremely outspoken about his dissatisfaction with some of the things that Francis has been doing, and he was actually removed um, because he's really garnering a lot of American attention over his protest to, you know, some of the things that Francis is essentially implementing. So, I mean, there's... The Catholic Church has has got its problems, but don't we all? Well, but it's not a whataboutism. The Catholic Church is not a real church. I mean, this is this is what we've been talking about for five hundred years. Yeah, 
And and Steph, yes, the Catholic gospel is yes, you must die in a state of grace. Hey, I got ninety nine problems, but Chrislam ain't one. Yeah, I was really surprised to hear. I I was not aware of the fact that Catholics believed that Mary was sinless. Yeah, you must dogmatically believe that. But how can anyone give a Catholic answer? Like, what do they say about all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? Like, I suppose they say all doesn't mean all. But like, does anyone know the actual Catholic answer to how they get around that scripture? Okay, well. <laughs> All right, well, good talk, everyone. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take off because my children <laughs> are up and running around like little gremlins, so I guess I should parent or something. Okay, do the dishes, guys, and then we'll watch a movie or something. I don't know. Oh. Ready for a day of cartoons, I guess. Uh, well, later. have a happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I guess I'll just end it because Steph is still uh, See you later. unavailable. So take care, everyone. Have a good day and a pre-Thanksgiving.